Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quest for New Inspiration. My name is Katie Mashler, and this week I am super excited to share with you my episode with Scott Gazzoli of the Causing the Effect podcast. Now, this episode comes with a bit of a vocabulary warning. If you know me personally, you know I don't have a problem with this, but just in general, and it's a bit different than my previous episodes, but it might also be my favorite interview ever. Scott and I chatted about a wide variety of crazy and inspiring topics from the mob to working with Jay-Z to other inspiring advice. I hope he inspires you as much as he inspired me. Well, if you want to know, you want a good nugget, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good story quickly. Uh, my father lives in, I've been to Kansas. Well, I don't know. I've been to Kansas. You're, you said you're Missouri. So my father lives in Shawnee, Kansas. So I've been there quite a few times. Make a story very quickly. My father grew up with me till I was six. I thought he was in the coffee business. He was not in the coffee business. He was selling another thing that gets you jacked up, starts with C, cocaine. He went to the witness protection program. He had to go move to Shawnee, Kansas. He changed his name. So this motherfucker used to be named Scott Cazzoli. He changed his name. And now I'm stuck here with the same name. I got to watch my back. No, that was many years ago. It was like 25 years ago. And to round out the whole craziness of the story, because this will pull in with your grandfather. Uh, my grandfather died last month as well. And he told me the full story of what happened. He got out of jail two years ago. My father is the one who put him in jail. So my father ratted on my grandfather, snitched on him, put him in jail. And my father ran away and did the whole thing. That is a good starter. That's a good story to get to know me, huh? Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, have you ever thought about starting your own your own true crime podcast? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I gotta do the I gotta do the whole movie. So here you want to even get weirder. My I was like not in the I'm not in anything. When I was a kid, you know, they would like my father went away. So the real my uncles were like real mafia, Gambino crime family, all this cool stuff. And um, they would like keep me around the Pinochle Club and I would like, you know, do uh, hand out drinks to start. And you'd be like a kid and you would get like $20 every time you got a couple drinks. So I would come home with like hundreds of dollars. Then they said, would you mind bringing an envelope around the block? And I had no problem doing that. And then you start getting higher and higher. So then they said, well, you got to light a car on fire. Okay. I made a little one or two cars on fire. And then it get it get a little worse. And then when it gets to like you gotta break somebody's legs, you have to do I stopped doing that then. Like I felt a little uncomfortable. So that was like me at 13. I had my mother got me out of it. Now my sister is a cop. So she's that fucking rat bastard on the other side of the thing. So it's very funny how the um the whole thing walks around. But like my whole life I never knew what happened to my dad. And now I got the whole story from my grandfather. Thank God he told me before he passed, because that was like a big piece that was missing from me as a kid because it's like holy shit like you know what happened to my dad am i not good you have all those things as a kid like is am i good enough where's my dad blah 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 blah. so i'm glad uh so that's a good story for you and now to answer your question i'm gonna have a movie obviously ryan gosling is gonna play me it's gonna be beautiful but i gotta do something really big to like finish it off so right now this we're like that's like 40 minutes of the movie and now we have like another two hours of it to like do some crazy stuff in my life so i love it so much you gotta do like an introductory like whole shindig there's 20 minutes oh me as a kid i figured yeah i'll have like a six-year-old version of scott then we have a 12-year-old version doing like the end of that and then we have this version of scott which is uh it's getting better now i'm at like scott version like 7.6 so it is um it's been fun kind of leveling up and 
finding inspiration, right? Kind of goes to your podcast. So it's, uh, it's fun. What made you want to start this? Definitely my grandpa, for sure. Losing him, he was kind of my biggest inspiration in general. But I kind of searched for inspiration elsewhere and at that same time. And at the same time, my boss wanted to start a podcast of their own. And I realized I loved it so much that I wanted like my own creative dump. So it kind of turned into the quest for new inspiration. Yes. And it's funny enough, the name of my, so break it, break it down for everybody. I run an advisory firm here in Manhattan, catering to celebrities, ultra high net worth families. I got very lucky making money, financial services, all that. And the name of my company is Quest. That's the name of the company, Quest Organization. So see, it's all, it's all coming together. So I do that. The podcast, I'm like, you like, this is my passion. I'll do this Monday, Tuesday, Fridays. Don't tell my team that because these kids are, these kids are working their ass off right now. Um, and then at night I do stand up comedy. It's crazy. My life is a little, is a little wild. Um, it's fun. It's exciting. I kind of got inspired after I got divorced in uh, 2019. I did like everything my mother said. Get a good job. Meet a nice girl. Buy the house. And I did it all. And I'm still miserable. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. And I think that's, that's why I started my podcast to like really help people like think for themselves almost. So I feel like you just do what your parents say for a little bit. And if you, if like your parents could help you to a certain extent, um, but they can't really help you kind of make the path of like what your purpose and like who you're supposed to be and all that jazz. You kind of like unraveled my first question and all by yourself. I love it. So if you run this agency, you also do the podcast, all of the above. You kind of mentioned what led up to where you are right now, as you said, Scott. 7.3, version 7.3, high level. But what kind of got you exactly to where you are? Shifted that mindset from, you know, (laughs) yeah, there's been like a ton of different versions. And I kind of like that part of this is like this, there's like Scott in like different phases. So that 13 year old Scott, you would have saw that went to a high school to play football. That's really all I wanted to do. I was a big football player back in the day. I was like 260 pounds. So a lot thicker, a lot bigger. Um, I blew my knee out. Uh, so I got signed, uh, to central Florida to go play football when I was 18, ended up blowing my knee out a couple of games before I was supposed to, you know, before high school was over. So that kind of diminished that dream. And I could have, you know, kind of recovered from it. I just, I had the tendency in my twenties or even in my teens at that point, to like, I always quit when things got hard. And after my divorce, I said, I'm going to pick two things that I really feel passionate about. And I think people don't, you have to really look at the values behind of the things you're doing. So for me, I never realized like I love people. I love growing and I love connection. And um, obviously with podcasting and comedy, you have that um, in spades. So I made a promise to myself when I turned 30, that was two years ago, that I would not only go after my biggest fear of, uh, I had like debilitating stage fright. So I'd get nervous before podcasts. I would like, can't talk in front of people. Now, two years later, it's like, what the fuck was wrong with me? I have 200 shows under my belt doing comedy. I have 200 episodes in the podcast. This shit is easy. It's fun. I'm built for it. Um, And I think there's something to that. Like whatever a person, like wherever you like your weaknesses, whatever your fear is, you have to like attack that like dead on and like everything else becomes really, really easy. So um, I was married. I built a house in Brooklyn, The you know, all that great stuff. And it just wasn't working. Nothing really bad happened. She was a great girl, just different phases. I would say I'm more, more of a growth mindset person. Like I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I'm a little weird. I do all these different things. And my 
ex-wife was more like a classic old school woman from the 1940s. Why, why are you trying to work out so much? Why are you not home? Why can't we just watch the news? Blah, 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 blah. So I said, I'm going to make a change. Um, and I've really d- done that. So um, discipline, I would say, is a big piece of what I do. I'm up for it, 4 a.m. every morning. I do about an hour, hour and a half of mental work, I call it. That's more like the mind. Then I move to the body, go to the gym for two hours. Um, so I really believe in kind of that incorporation of the mind, body, and spirit. And that's like what my podcast is more about, like causing the effect is supposed to be like, don't wait um, to feel a certain way or don't, you know, I think people believe like, I'm going to have this belief in myself that I'm going to start doing stuff. It's, it's, it's actually the opposite. You have to start doing things, start moving around to get that belief in yourself. It's sort of like fake it till you make it. But um, that's what I do with comedy. That's what I do with podcasting. Um, the podcast is boom and I love it. It's really, I thought it would have been like more older people like spirituality and wisdom, but it's really like a young kid kind the kids love it 18 to 25 is my demographic and a lot of kids from new york are like they're like scott i feel like you're telling me things i, I kind of already know and that's really all I, I look at myself as like i'm very curious i'm like a vessel taking a lot of knowledge we have psychologists on neuroscientists a lot of different people from just like very very different kind of backgrounds but things that are very useful and like practical knowledge almost just trying to like not having a father growing up i feel like it was so difficult for me to like figure stuff out. I've made every mistake in the book, a lot of gambling, a lot of drinking, a lot of boozing, a lot of sex, a lot of women, a lot of drugs, a lot of rock and roll, all that stuff. And that, that was not the answer for me. And um, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to like get through all that stuff in my thirties. Um, Cause you don't realize, you know, till some people don't realize till, till it's later, like money's not the answer. It's not about that. It's about kind of understanding where your purpose is and, um, you know, focusing on that and having an aim and being able to like hit, hit that goal. Well, let's unpack all of that downloaded that <laughs> eight minutes later all right well imposter syndrome i definitely can relate to that you know fake it until you make it i just was on uh that's what she said by kimberly love on legacy tv talking about dealing with imposter syndrome like i feel like i'm a podcaster i believe i'm a podcaster i <laughs> write and produce a podcast but i don't really believe in myself as a podcaster so me doing the podcast, it kind of pushes that, you know, every single day it kind of tests and challenged me. So I love working on it. I love talking to new people and I love like the networking and the steps that I've made and evolved and grown through it. Oh, I mean, I think you're always going to have a little bit of imposter syndrome until you think you hit somewhere you got to be. And I think like there's a difference between having like a goal and setting it and then getting obsessed with your goals. Like for me, the first year of the podcast, like I'm a classic Brooklyn kid. Like I just want to hit my goals and keep moving. You got to keep growing, keep growing. It's like, you don't want to get caught up. And I actually realized this when I was in Maui, I was, and every night, like, you know, the, the stars are absolutely immaculate. The darker it gets, the more bright it gets. And I'm sitting there trying to understand my purpose. And I feel like people, I, I get that question a lot from people. How do I figure out my purpose? And it's like, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. And, and I kind of came to that realization, like the purpose is not the, the hitting the numbers or becoming a podcast. like the purpose is life itself. Like it's this conversation in this moment, me and Katie hanging out, having a good time, making sure like the quality of where I am in my mind, I'm here with you. And that's all I've been focusing on um, is like the quality of my consciousness, understanding like I'm in every moment, I'm, I'm in the moment with every conversation I have, everything I do. If it's clean in my room, I'm going to do it the best of my ability. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it. And when you understand that and you start like, it just gave me such a sense of calm. Like I left um, for a month and I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm leaving the podcast. I'm going to miss two episodes. I'm going to freak out. And I came back and it was, there was like 40,000 views on the episode. It was something crazy. And I was like, what the, f-? I think God was just telling me like, 
just relax. Like take take it easy. So the imposter syndrome is is, is actually harder for comedy because you're with people who are doing this twenty four seven. But I think all you have to do is like put in the work, focus on the process of of doing what you need to do, um, and trying your best and being friendly with people, and then everything kind of you know lines up as it goes because um, you're always going to have that if you if whatever you start something new, you're always going to feel that way. And I, I don't think it goes away for at least two three years, maybe you know. Anxiously waiting for that day. But on a side note, since I've never really talked to him, have you, what, first of all, who's your favorite comedian? Cause I'm obsessed with stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. You, have you met anybody that you were just like awestruck by? Okay. So I'm an expert in not being awestruck, but I will, uh, what's his name got me. That's like my thing. Cause, uh, okay. To give you more story, spent six years from 20 to 26 in a hedge fund, um, which is, ultra high net worth people, billionaires, blah, 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 blah. From there, um, I didn't want to do financial services because it was too cutthroat and people are scumbags. So I said, I don't want to waste my degrees, but let me try to be an accountant in um, music because I love music and I like hip hop. So I was actually the CFO of Tidal, Jay-Z streaming company. So I was I worked directly for him at Beyonce. It was fucking great, blah, 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 blah. Never got nervous except for like that first time I met Hove. But I will tell you how this works. So like in New York, you say you have 20 minutes on set going to, um, you know, Scott, you got 20 minutes at 9 p.m. Okay, here I go. If somebody big walks in, you just know like you're not going on tonight because like you've lost all your stage time. Of course, who walks in? Chris Rock. Awesome. Like one of my top guys. You And we could go through that too. Chris Rock, Bill Burr, um, you know, old school Richard Pryor. I love, you know, any type of, I would say I'm more of like the guy who's, the, I like the comedians who are just kind of talking like they're at a bar and you're just kind of bullshitting. Um, not so much of a goofy guy, but, but whatever. Um, so he was actually really nice. He was like, yo, is it cool if I jump in? It's like, obviously, even if I said no, you're getting thrown, I'm getting thrown off regardless. Like, so either way, at least he did, he did the right thing. And that's what I like about comedy. It's like the, to practice, everybody practices the same way. Cause you, it's the only art where you need an audience. Cause if I do my set by myself, I still don't know. Cause every time you do it, it doesn't matter. And that's like the scary thing about comedy. It's so uncertain. And I think that's the reason why I really like it because if the person before you bombs, that could fuck your whole shit up, you know, because just because you put them in a bad mood, could have said something inappropriate, waitress dropped something, you know, like a lot of different things. And uh, for me, the journey has been like understanding the way people view me, because I never realized like the way pe- you can never really understand how people view. But when I was getting up there, it's harder for me to get people on my side. And I, I was like talking to people about like, why, why, why don't people love me so much? Like This is people one on one. People love me. but you learn that I look a certain way. I look a little douchey. I look like confidence and, you know, a kid from bubble. So I have to kind of play into that. So when you start playing into that, you know, I look like a retarded Johnny Depp or something funny, blah, 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 blah. People start falling into it. So it's all, it's just a, a, a journey of self-exploration for me, at least. And obviously connecting with people and being in the moment, all that stuff is great too. Cause like it's the highest of highs, but the lowest of lows. Like I've had the, my best day in my life has been doing comedy. My worst day in my life has been doing comedy. Same, same thing. So it's just, the yin and the yang. So how do you still get that like motivation to keep going back to comedy? You may flop. When it oh one my God. A couple times. Yeah. COVID. How did, did that affect like your mentality with comedy and switching? So. Yeah. So I started, I said, when I turned 30, it was February 17th, 2020. COVID started like that week. So for me, I just wanted to get on stage, but you actually couldn't. You like literally there was everything was shut down. So I couldn't get on stage till October 2020. And I was prepared. I was ready to go. 
but almost like that nerves, those nerves that you build up, like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, like, how bad is this going to be? Um, it was rough. But what the second you get on stage, like, there's two ways to get, to get over your fears. You could either, like, it's called exposure therapy. So you could either put, like, your foot in the, in the pool or you can just jump right in. So I said, I'm just going to jump right in. I'll start doing it in front of, like, the biggest shows and, you know, whatever, all that stuff. Um, so that was really scary. And then what happens is you start getting good and you start, like, flowing. So I won this comedy showcase. I was doing good, whatever. Then all of a sudden you just have a bomb show and there was nothing really wrong with the set. It was just a Monday night. Don't go to comedy shows on Monday. It's the cheapest. Nobody's there. No, no good pops. And it was just the crowd was terrible. Um, and I still am fucked up by that. Like in my brain, it's like, what, what, what do you do against it? It's like, you could either quit or you just, it's only has the power that you give it. Right. So I, I just say, Oh, it's a shitty show. That's part of the process. The way I try to look at failures now is like, where's the learn, where's the, the learning in that. And for me, I was thinking on the shit, honestly, I just was getting to, you know, you're used to prepping a certain way. And I was going to Miami, I'm partying. Oh, I'll just go jump in, do shows like who the fuck am I? I'm not, you know, I can't be doing that. So, uh, you learn your lesson the hard way. Cause when, um, like my best show, I won the showcase, uh, at Caroline's, you know, on Broadway, biggest, one of the biggest shops in New York, 400 people. Unbelievable. I popped. Everybody was fucking going. It was crazy. Did that same set. That's the one I blew it. It's the same exact set bit for bit. Just just the way the crowd goes. Does that kind of relate to podcasting in any way? Podcasting is harder because you don't get a ton of quick feedback. Like when we do this episode, you'll see the 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 views, but it's also there's so many different things that go into podcasting for me. Cause I thought it's like I'm more of a content guy. Like just put me on, let me just talk the shit and let me just do my thing and it'll be fun. But you learn the other pieces of this, like technology, like of podcasting, the most important pieces are like doing the promotions doing the marketing i didn't know that till a year in like i don't think a lot of people realize that like all about posting and sending stuff out and um connecting with people was a big thing for me because i'm not a big social media guy but when you start reaching out to people and talk to them like they get more interested so like these little things i never really thought would do it but there's still certainly ups and downs like i still get addicted to like we had our biggest month last last um last month was like two hundred and fifty thousand views and i'm like shaking so happy and now it's like march 4th and i'm looking could i match that could we how do we get that better and you get a you know i try to stay away from doing that you have to check it a little bit but um certainly like similar i think i think everything in life kind of has its ups and downs right yes for sure i totally relate to that so you have given so many golden nuggets over the past 20 minutes or so do you have any kind of last piece of advice you want to share i would tell people a couple of things hmm you got younger people listen to this? I would assume, right? Okay. So this one's going to be for you, even for older people. Stop talking to yourself so like negatively. Like that voice that you have in your head. Like we're talking now, right? But there's some, Katie's thinking of some shit right now. Whatever's going through her head, right? That voice in your head. Shut that bitch up if you could. Don't totally shut it up. Try to calm it down because that will be your biggest critic. And that voice could either like manifest you to greatness or it could stop you from doing everything. Like that voice for me, stopped me from doing comedy till I was 30. I could have been doing this for 10 years. I could have been famous by now, Katie. We could have had a Netflix show. So that voice is literally going to be your make or break. So don't be so hard on yourself is, is the whole point of that. And um, I've been getting this question a lot from a lot of emails from people. It's like, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't, you know, people have passions, right, Katie? I'm not a person who like has had a passion in my life. I haven't been playing the piano. And what I tell people is like, the longer you wait, you're not going to figure, it's not going to pop in your head. You're not going to figure out what the answer is. Like, oh, I want to bake. 
you have to do it. So take massive action. That first step is the snowball down the hill where you're really able to like take, you'll figure out what you want to do. And even if you do something that you don't like, at least you can cross it off the list and say, let me move on. So you have to keep moving. You have to keep, keep shaking and keep taking little incremental steps towards things you think you want to do, like podcasting for one. And you'll quickly know I like it or I don't. Two bits and two nuggets for you, Katie, I gave you. I love it. Well, if people wanted to get more gold nuggets from you or learn more about you, where can they go? Uh, just type in cause and the effect podcast. Um, we're top rated. I would say we're like mental health mindset. I try to give, it's basically like a spiritual version of Joe Rogan. That's what I try to do. So I have fitness enthusiasts, I have psychologists. It's really geared for everybody. What I'm trying to do is like, just simply wait, raise a person's awareness in any topic that they feel, because I feel like um, in today's world, it's hard to really get a true genuine approach without trying to sell something. Or like, I'm not, I don't try to sell anything. I, f- I look like I'm just here to kind of give something that I feel like the world is missing. And that's a type and cause and the effect and follow me on Instagram, whatever, all that stuff. We've got a YouTube channel. I'll find you. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Katie. Love what you're doing. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you want to show your support for the quest for new inspiration, make sure you check out our merch store and get that bubbly but blunt sweatshirt. If you are interested in the new spring colors for the Bubbly But Blunt sweatshirt and t-shirts, DM me on Instagram at the quest for new inspiration and I will get a pre-order started for you. Otherwise, to show your support for the quest for new inspiration, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the quest for new inspiration and on Twitter at new inspiration pod. And make sure to leave a five-star review or share it with a friend. It truly does make a world of difference for my little podcast.